The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center. And now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. Did you ever wonder what really happens when you go to a teaching hospital? Well, my guest today is here to clear this up. It's Dr. Jeffrey Schneider. He's an emergency medicine physician and chair of the Graduate Medical Education Committee at Boston Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Schneider. So this is a great topic. Tell us first, what's the difference between a teaching hospital and a non-teaching hospital? Well, thank you very much for having me. And I think, uh, importantly, both teaching hospitals and non-teaching hospitals have a um, uh, are very valuable uh, to medicine uh, in our country and certainly in the city of uh, Boston and Massachusetts. But there are a couple of important uh, differences between teaching hospitals and non-teaching hospitals. Kind of at a high level and traditionally, teaching hospitals uh, are doing exactly that, teaching the next generation of medical students, of physicians, uh, often of nurses, of nurse practitioners, of physician assistants, respiratory therapists, and other members of the treatment team. Uh, they generally are very involved in research uh, and, as a result, value learning just as much as they value teaching, uh, where you're often met with resident physicians, for example, who are in the midst of their training program, and depending on what specialty they may be going into, that could be one year, uh, all the way up to seven years, if not longer, really learning kind of the craft uh, that they look forward to um, uh, working with uh, throughout their career. So who sees you at a teaching hospital? Do you get opinions from more than one physician? And I think what a lot of patients want to know, Dr. Schneider, is our residents doctors? Yes. So you will certainly be seen uh, and get opinions from more than one physician at a teaching hospital. And to, uh, to make it very simple, residents are absolutely physicians and they are doctors. They're people that graduated from medical school uh, and have entered into their residency, which is additional training anywhere from maybe one year all the way up to seven years, where they learn a particular aspect of medicine, for example, dermatology or emergency medicine or acute care surgery, uh, and learn the specifics of how to be a cardiologist, for example. When you're in a teaching hospital, you'll certainly get seen by lots of physicians and get opinions uh, from many as well. As we work in teams, uh, which is generally kind of a senior position, the attending, who's ultimately responsible for particular patient's care, and underneath that attending, he or she may have a handful of maybe senior residents, junior residents, medical students, and other learners who are in our community who are all working towards the same goal of taking the best care we possibly can of that particular patient. Then let's break up a few myths for the listeners. People worry if they go to a teaching hospital that doctors and students will, you know, be not experimenting on them, but practicing on them for training purposes. How does that work? That's a great question, and I think it's a common myth that I, uh, I often hear in my work, uh, and I certainly want to debunk it. Uh, there's certainly no practicing, as you said, or even experimenting um, uh, on patients at teaching hospitals. As I mentioned earlier, you know, teaching hospitals have a real responsibility um, to incorporate the latest techniques, the latest medical advances into their treatments because we are training tomorrow's doctors and not incorporating those treatments or those techniques will be really be do, doing a disservice, not only to our patients today, but our patients in the future and those physicians who are following behind us. Uh, as attending physicians, as I said, we're kind of ultimately responsible for that particular patient's care. And I think as we know, uh, the care that we provide, um, and probably true for anything that we do, to really understand something and to really be able to implement it uh, in the most patient-friendly and patient-centered way 
we have to be able to understand it fully. And there's no better way to understand something, I think, than the ability to be able to teach it. So it's um, very important at teaching hospitals that we're constantly being asked questions. The learners, the medical students, the residents, the fellows who are around us are constantly asking us why or why not or should we be doing this. And that's really, really important questions for us to contemplate, to answer, to think through, to provide the best care that we can for our patients. Well, I certainly would think it keeps you on your toes and even helps you to learn new things being as experienced as you are, learn new things as you go from some of these students. Now, another myth that people might think about is that a doctor who's also a teacher may have less time for the patient or that they'll get subpar treatment. That's a great question as well. I think many of us that choose to work in teaching facilities and teaching hospitals, we're actually uh, in many ways, um, many deficiencies that work here are the real experts in their field. And again, as our duty is to treat the next uh, generation of, of physicians, we want those residents and fellows to learn from the best, those that are the absolute experts in their particular area of interest. Um, and as a result, uh, the time that we spend teaching is as important um, to us, as important to our patients, and as important to our learners, and as important to the hospital uh, as the time we take care, take care of patients. In fact, those two times, Many of us don't think as being any different from each other, that we're both teaching and taking care of patients at exactly the same time. And it's very good for patients. It's best for patient care. It's best for our learners. And to be perfectly honest, it does keep us on our toes and it makes things a lot of fun as well. What about privacy? So many patients are concerned, Dr. Schneider, about privacy these days. Does it mean that there will be a bunch of residents standing around learning about your situation, your case, and what if it's a sensitive nature or you're embarrassed to have all these other people rather than your physician who you're comfortable with and you know a little bit better? Speak about the privacy issue. Sure, that's a great question. And I think the the most important thing to remember is that patients uh, have the right uh, and we have the responsibility as physicians to making sure that they're comfortable. So no patient should ever feel uncomfortable with uh, those who are taking care of them or those who are examining them in any kind of meaningful way. And I think that's very important for patients to understand. I would ask you to think of it from a slightly different perspective. Rather than having, for, for example, just one physician uh, examining you or asking you questions, the fact that we have multiple, I think, is very helpful. It helps us with better patient outcomes, and there's pretty good literature uh, demonstrating that things like mortality uh, or people who pass away from a variety of conditions at teaching hospitals is probably a little bit better uh, in many instances than in non-teaching hospitals. And there are lots of theories about why that might be true. But from the perspective of having more people asking you questions or more physicians examining you, I think it's a series of checks and balances where we're constantly checking each other, asking each other, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you find? What do you think? As we all work together to take the best possible care of our patients, I think that's a really important aspect. But it's also very important for patients to understand that their privacy is of the utmost concern to all of us, and that patients should never feel uncomfortable if their privacy is in any way being compromised, nor will it. I think one of the biggest fears and or myths that patients might have when they're at a teaching hospital is if they have to have surgery. Do they know who's really doing the procedure, and is their physician, their surgeon, doing this procedure? Are they letting the residents kind of take hold and, and learn this procedure? I mean, they have to learn somehow, but I think this is a big fear of patients. Sure. That's a great question as well. And again, I would encourage patients to ask questions. There's no question that a patient 
uh, can ask, uh, which is in any way inappropriate. And it's absolutely fine to ask uh, the physician taking care of you, who is going to be doing what and how will that impact me and who is more experienced and lesser experienced. But really importantly, in the operating room, for example, and you mentioned surgeries, the attending physicians are intimately involved in the care that that patient is doing. And the team-based approach is really, really important. There are many operations, for example, where you just need more than one pair of hands. Uh, and that's really important for the entire team, whether it be nurses, physicians, technicians, all working together to take the best possible care of that patient. But patients should always know that they're getting excellent care and that asking who will be doing what is very, very important. Uh, there are, I think, the, the, uh, the myths and the, things, the way things used to happen in medicine many years ago um, with relatively inexperienced residents uh, taking care of patients independently without appropriate supervision. Those days, thankfully, are, are entirely gone. And certainly at Boston Medical Center, we are very, very careful uh, and thoughtful about what individual physicians should be doing at what level of training, what kind of supervision they should be, um, that should be in place to, again, ensure the best possible patient outcome and the utmost patient safety. That's very reassuring, Dr. Schneider, and, and you're putting it so well. It's really, you're making us really understand what a teaching hospital is all about. So wrap it up for us with how patients can ensure they receive the best care possible. What would you like them to be? You you said have them ask questions and that any question is a good question. What would you like them to ask about a teaching hospital? How can patients be their own best health advocate? That's a great question and I think very important and something that I think traditionally in medicine to be perfectly honest, we haven't always done uh, as well as we could have. To engage patients, to ask them what they're understanding, what their questions are. And I would definitely encourage patients, if you're not sure, if things don't make sense, repeat things back to the physician. Repeat things back to your caregivers and part of your caregiving team and ask, am I understanding this correctly? Is this what's going to happen next? What does the next day look like? Or maybe even the next 15 minutes or the next hour or the next month? Ask those questions and make sure that we're all on the same page. It's really important to us, it's really important to patient outcome, that we all understand how we anticipate things unfolding and how we anticipate that we can provide with the best possible and the safest care for our patients. We're all on the same team, we're all pulling in the same direction, and as a result, we all certainly need to be on the same page. Wonderful information. Dr. Schneider, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and explaining a teaching hospital to us. It really does help to clear up some of those myths. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information on Boston Medical Center as a teaching hospital, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.